Thank you for listening to the River's Edge Church podcast. We believe God has a place for you to belong, people to be in community with, and a purpose for you to fulfill. Now let's listen to today's message. I love the movie Elf. Yeah, some of you don't, but it's okay. I realize that it's over the top goofy, right? It's a little bit out there, but you know, if you watch Elf, if you watch the movie, at some point you're gonna smile, right? I mean, you you might you might laugh out loud. In fact, we we actually went and saw the movie Elf at the Egyptian. Uh, one of the classic movies, and there are people who laughed out loud at the movie Elf. And you know what? Even if you're an elf hater, <clears throat> Larry, um, <laughs> love you, Larry. Uh, <laughs> Another great Christmas movie. Um, but you might hang your head, but even if you hang your head in unbelief of the movie, there's almost always a smile on your face. And what I love about this particular clip from the movie Elf, and, and the reason why I chose it, is that it's just a, a great example of joy. 
It's a great example of joy. I mean, if, you, if you've seen the movie, you, you realize what's happened before this. Buddy has discovered that he's not an elf. He's actually a human. And everything that he's believed up to this point, it's dashed. He, he finds out that his mom is dead. And that his dad is on the naughty list. The naughty list. And then he leaves everything that he knows behind to start a new life. And yet, he's full of joy. He's full of joy. And you know what? I think so many times in life, we allow things to come in and rob us of joy. In fact, if you go anywhere this time of year, you know what you're going to find? A whole lot of bunch of cranky pants people. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you go to Costco, they're cranky. You go to Fred Meyer, they're cranky. And if you're really crazy and you go to Walmart, they're cranky. Everywhere you go, there are cranky people. This is the happiest time of year. But it's like people didn't get the memo. And you know what? If you're honest, I bet some of you would admit maybe you're lacking a little bit joy. Maybe you've kind of let joy slip and, and you're missing joy. And There's no, no guilt in that. I think we've all done that. My wife reminded me yesterday that I was lacking a little bit of joy. How poetic. I'm preaching on joy today, and yesterday I wasn't so joyful. But if that's you and, and you feel like you're lacking joy, there's good news. Joy can be yours. Joy can be yours. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20, part of the Christmas story, says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. I think I'd have been greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring good tidings of great joy, which will be for all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign to you. He, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God 
for all the things that he had heard and seen as it was told them. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. And I thank you, Father, for joy. Father, I thank you that Luke tells us in verse 10 that the coming of Jesus was good tidings that came with great joy for all people. Father, I pray that every person in this place would encounter your joy today and through the rest of the Christmas season, God, and more than that, every day of your life. Father, I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I love this. It says, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which is for all people. I bring you great tidings of joy, which is for all people. You know what that tells me? Joy is for all people. You know what that means? That joy is available to us. Whether you feel joyful or whether you don't, whether you are a, a happy person or Mr. Grumpy Pants, joy is available for you. Never heard of Mr. Grumpy Pants before? <laughs> Ever been called Mr. Grumpy Pants? Not lived in my house. I'm glad I'm not as grumpy as I used to be. And my wife said, hey, man. You could have said it way louder than that, babe. <laughs> but the reality is joy is available for all of us. Joy isn't just for a select few. You ever feel like joy is just for a, a few certain people? You know, we've got, we've got a friend, Annie Hunt. Many of you know who Annie is, Annie and Steve. Annie is just one giant container of joy. She is just joy all the time. And when I first met Andy, I, Annie, I was like, Annie, you are so fake. <laughs> I'm serious. Because she always sees the positive in everything and everybody. I mean, you could be a total jerk face. And she'll find something good in you. I mean, it's an amazing thing. And she is always happy. She's always full of joy. And I used to think it was so fake. And now I've known her 20-some-odd years, and she hasn't changed. She doesn't waver in every situation that she's in, in every encounter we've ever had with her. She's full of joy. She always has a smile on her face. She always finds the good in everything. She is just a container of joy. And you know what? The Word tells us here that Jesus' coming was joy for all people, which tells me that same joy that I see in Annie that sometimes I have thought is fake, is actually available for all of us. It's actually available for all of us. Joy is available for you. It's available for you. You can have joy. I don't know about you, but I think that's good news. We don't have to be bummed out, discouraged. We can be joyful. Where's the definition of joy? If you look it up, glad. Glad. So how do we encounter joy? How do we take joy from the word here and, and we bring it forward into our life? How do we encounter joy? Well, the first thing, first thing that we need to do is we need to realize that joy isn't based on our circumstances. Joy isn't based on our circumstances. It's too many times we think that joy is based on our circumstances, and that's why we have joyful days and unjoyful days. 
But 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says this. And by the way, if you're looking for a scripture that you can memorize really easy, right? If you want to say, well, I've, remembered a, I've memorized a scripture today. This is the one. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 because it's really short and really easy. It says, always be joyful. Always be joyful. And you know what? I kind of wish this verse only said be joyful. Right? Well, not that it makes it any easier to memorize. It's just that it makes it a little easier to live. Because the verse says always be joyful. You know what that means? That means we can be joyful at any time, in any circumstance. If, if the Bible didn't say always be joyful, we, we'd, be, we'd have an out. But there's no out to be joyful. It says always be joyful. That means if the job is good or the job is bad, be joyful. If the marriage feels good right now or the marriage feels bad, be joyful. If the kids are on the good list or the naughty list, be joyful. If the checkbook looks good, or the checkbook looks bad, be joyful. If you feel good or you feel bad physically, be joyful. The word says always be joyful. See, if joy was based on our circumstances, God couldn't say always be joyful. If it was based on our circumstances, God couldn't say it. Always be joyful. But in any circumstance, in any situation, we can be joyful. But the other thing this tells us is that joy isn't tied to our circumstances. Joy is not tied to our circumstances. Church, can I tell you, if you look for your circumstances to bring, your, bring you joy, then that means when your circumstances aren't what you want them to be, there'll be no joy. But the reality is, is you can have joy even when the circumstances aren't good. Even when life doesn't seem fair. Even when life's a bummer, you can still have joy. And the reality is, if we're honest, we've all had situations and circumstances that seemed anything but joyful. Am I right? But you know what? Have you ever found yourself joyful despite the circumstances that you're in? It is the weirdest thing, isn't it? There have been times in my life where nothing seems good. Nothing seems good. Janet doesn't like me very much that day, right? Raising teenagers is feeling a little bit hectic. The checkbook doesn't look very positive. I don't feel good. People tell me I'm ugly. <laughs> Happens very rarely. <laughs> but we've been there, haven't we? Where everything in life tells us we don't have anything to be joyful about, but yet there's a joy there. You ever have those days where it just doesn't make sense to be happy? Right? because joy is not based on the circumstances. And the reality is, is we, we know people, all of us, that it seems like they have the perfect life, right? They have that house that you always dreamed of. 
They drive the Porsche 911 Turbo Carrera that you love. <laughs> right? Put my flesh down, put my flesh down. <laughs> they go on all the trips, they go to all the places, everything in their life just seems so good, and yet there's no joy. And yet we've known people that we look at their circumstance and we think, oh, thank you, God, that I'm not where they're at. And yet there's such an abundance of joy. And that's one of the things the mission field will do for you. Let's go see some kid living in a dirt hut. All he's got is a rock to play with. He's got a bigger smile on his face than you ever had. Because joy is not based on circumstance. You know, joy is a gift. Did you know joy is a gift? Joy is a gift. It's a, it's a gift that has been given. Go to Galatians 5. Galatians 5. We're going to start in verse 19. It says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies. Wow, pastor, this is awesome. I just feel the joy level rising up. Envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And this really isn't where I'm going to stay, but I just have to point this out. If you look at this list, don't you see a lot of things on this list that people go to to try to find joy? <laughs> Woohoo! it's Friday. I'm going to get drunk. Right? Or, hey, you know, play in the field, looking for somebody to shack up with. This is why we only, that's why I have kids' ministry is I can be blunt sometimes in church, but right, people look at things that, that try to bring them joy. They build up idols, they look at possessions and things, and they think that, well, that thing is going to make me happy, and, and it never does. We, we pursue joy in so many weird places. And I find it interesting that these verses are right before the verses that follow. That say, starting in verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. I love this. That the Word tells us that the fruit of the Spirit is all these things. And, and you know what? I used to think that the fruit of the Spirit was all these things separate, right? That I could have the fruit of the Spirit and, and have love, but I, I may not have joy. Or I could have the fruit of the Spirit and have peace, but maybe not long-suffering. But the way this is written implies that you get one and all. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, 
It's joy, it's peace, it's long-suffering, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's faithfulness, it's gentleness, it's self-control. All those are the fruit of the Spirit. And you get all those if you get one. You get them all. And you know what's great? Is you don't go get the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit's given to you. The fruit of the Spirit's given to you. See, joy is one of the gifts. It's one of the fruit. It's yours. It's been given to us. If the Spirit's been given to us, these fruit have been given to us. You can't separate having the Spirit and the fruit that comes with it. It all comes together. And yet, so many people don't have joy. So many people who have the Spirit. Hmm. It's a conundrum, isn't it? It's a conundrum. But you know what? It's, it's not that hard of a conundrum. See, this is a gift. Wouldn't you like to know what's in here? You know how you hide presents when you're a pastor? You put them under the tree at church. <laughs> That's cruel, isn't it? Hmm. It's also not the truth. I just thought of that, and that would actually be genius. And my kids are all grown now. Dang it. But see, I can give someone a gift. Like, I can give Sarah this gift. But she has to receive it. She has to unwrap it. And she has to take the gift out. See, you've all been given the gift of joy. If you've received the Spirit, if you've been given the Spirit, you've received the gift of joy. But are you unwrapping it? Are you choosing to receive the gift of joy? See, what we do most of the time is we choose not to receive the gift of joy. I'm just going to keep this up here. We choose not to receive the gift of joy. We choose to neglect the gift that's been given to us. And the reality is, is a lot of times we choose to ignore a lot of these gifts. We, we choose to ignore the gift of peace. We choose to ignore the gift of patience. Right? We choose to ignore the gift of love or gentleness. Or self-control. Yeah. Remind yourself of Galatians 5.22 when you sit down at Christmas dinner. <laughs> I've been given the gift of self-control. Thanks for ruining that, Pastor. <laughs> but th it's the truth, right? We've been given all these gifts, and we've been given the gift of joy. We just choose not to take it off the shelf. We just choose not to open it. We choose not to be joyful. And that's the truth. Because if you've been given joy, that means it's yours. I mean, if, if somebody had walked in here this morning and said, hey, Pastor, I know we've never met, 
but God told me to give you these car keys. And there's, a, there's a silver Porsche 911 Turbo Carrera <laughs> outside. <laughs> and it's yours. You know it's on my Christmas list, right? Yeah. It's been on my Christmas list since it's about this big. So I have the keys. And the car's sitting out there. You would think I was a fool to not go get in that thing and drive it away. You'd look at me like, Pastor, have, if, if I left it in the parking lot out there, oh, you might be thinking, huh, Pastor, in this neighborhood, you're stupid. Can I say in any neighborhood you'd be stupid? Just to leave it out in the parking lot? You showed up here two weeks from now, car hasn't moved, dirt and dust on it, maybe some snow, it's just sitting there, you'd all think I had lost my mind. You'd be like, Pastor, why? I know you have space in your garage, or you would make space. Why is that still there? Well, you know, I don't know. It just doesn't seem right. I wonder if that's the Father thinks when thinks maybe we've lost our mind when he's given us joy and we just choose to be bummed out. It's like, oh, just sitting out there. So we can choose to be joyful or choose not to be joyful. The joy is yours. It's yours. The joy is yours. You can choose joy. So choose it. But joy also comes by remembering that God is with you. Joy comes by remembering that God is with you. I love Matthew ch chapter 1, verse 23, again, a part of the Christmas story. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. God with us. Hebrews 13.5 reminds us that he said he would never leave us or forsake us. See, I'm convinced a lot of times people don't have joy because they think it's just them against the world. They think it's just them. And I actually think that's one of the greatest thieves of, of joy, thinking that we're in it by ourselves. But it's just us. Can I tell you, he never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He's always with you. There's never a time in your life, once you receive Christ, that it's just you against the world. The promise of Emmanuel is that he's with you. And he'll always be with you. But we forget, don't we? We forget that he's always with us. And I'm convinced that God makes it known to us that he's with us in ways that are really hard to ignore, but we choose to ignore those ways. Like a friend randomly calls you. Hey, you're just on my heart and my mind in the midst of a terrible day. 
a friend randomly calls you. Randomly. Could that be that, that God is trying to show you, hey, I'm always with you? I'm always thinking of you? You're always on my heart, always on my mind? See, I think we choose to just ignore those things. Or, or you know, we're in a situation that just all of a sudden just strikes us as funny. You ever have that happen? You know, like, I'm thinking, Kirsty, your Instagram post this week of the four faces, when the person in the car next to you realizes you're, you're taking <laughs> selfies in the car, and they're staring at you. What a funny thing. What a little injection of joy. You know, she could, you could have easily pulled up to somebody that was like, I'm not going to look at them. But instead, they're like, yay. <laughs> right? And in that moment, you just get this little injection of joy. Somebody at work does something that is so ridiculously stupid. Right? And it just makes you laugh. Little moments. Where God just shows you, you know what? I got you. Every once in a while, I'll leave our neighborhood and I'll drive up the, the hill. And as I'm driving up the hill, the sun will be setting. And there's just certain times as I'm doing that, I'm just like, God, you're just showing off. You are just showing off. That is the most breathtaking thing I've ever seen. And it's a reminder. It's a reminder that he's always with us. And we ignore those things. There was a time that um, I was studying in my backyard in the summertime. Um, I love to do that in the summertime, go out on my back patio. And we've got these zero-gravity chairs, and they're super comfy. And, and I'll get myself a great big cup of coffee, and I'll go out in the morning, and, and I'll sit there. And there was one particular morning, I'm, I'm sitting out there, I'm just reading my Bible, just enjoying the, the warmth of the sun because what happens is the sun rises and my house casts a shadow over my patio but as the sun comes up my patio gets into the sun and I don't know about you I love a cool morning when the sun comes up and it warms your skin don't you just love that sensation and so I'm out there and I'm I'm reading my bible just having some quiet time with the lord and all of a sudden I hear this <laughs> what was that and I hear it again <laughs> going on and I'm looking around I'm thinking that sounds like a hummingbird and I'm sitting there and I look up and all of a sudden he's like right here and he's just like <laughs> just looking at me and I'm thinking I don't know if you're gonna find any sweet nectar here buddy but you know apparently good looking to you but you know he's just and he's just buzzing right there right and he just I'm just like that happened before that was peculiar that was strange I've never had a hummingbird just come up and look me eye to eye and be just inches away from my face and just stay there I'm like man God you are awesome word tells me there's not a bird that has a feather that drops to the ground that you don't know them and how much more do you care about me than them and it was just a gentle reminder I'm right here buddy I got you. I'm here in the midst. You're out here in the morning thinking you're by yourself, but I'm right here. I got you. I'm paying attention. See, I think so many times we, we, we miss God showing us that he's there. 
You know, there's another time we were still living in Portland at the time, and, and we had this pop-up trailer. Anybody ever owned a pop-up trailer? Pop-up trailers are great, <laughs> kind of. I'm tent camping, but I got wheels underneath of it, right? <laughs> and, uh, and the stove's inside and not outside. That's about it. Um, but we had this, this pop-up trailer, and uh, our driveway had a driveway that went kind of down towards the house a little bit because our house was on a hill, and it kind of went down. And, and uh, I, had hooked, I had hooked the trailer up, and... I'm pulling the trailer up, and, and I get out of, out into the road. I get out of the driveway, out on the road, and, and I don't know what happened, but the trailer bounced, and it bounced up off the hitch. I have no idea how it happened, but it bounced up off the hitch, and it dropped on the, on, on the hitch in the, in the middle of the road, and I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me, right? And so the kids are little, right? And, and I'm like, it, it's down, so I... The, the, the jack, you know, that's on the tongue, right? Well, it's folded up, right? It's, so I can't fold the jack down to jack it up to get it back on the ball. So I'm having to figure out how am I going to lift this thing by myself to get it on the ball of our SUV. And so I'm like, mm, and all of a sudden, and my neighbor comes running out, okay? We, we lived this next to this. Um, uh, they're of oriental descent. That's all I know. They were, they were, I, I don't know. They didn't ever speak to us. We didn't ever speak to them. They kept to themselves. But they had like a Chinese restaurant or something, and you just never saw them, ever. But you'd see them once in a while, especially we'd see the son, we'd see the daughter. But this particular guy comes around the house. I'd never seen him before. And he comes out. He comes out there. He grabs a hold of the trailer with me. Whoa, he picks it up with me, I think. <laughs> We get it on the we get it on the ball, and I'm like, "Thank you." And he goes back in the house. But you know what's crazy? How many years did we live in that house? Six or eight years we lived in this house. I never saw the guy before that, and I never saw him after that. Could it be that God was going? I got you. I got you. And see, we, we just chuck those things up to it was a random occurrence. It just, you know, it's a coincidence, that person. You know what? Maybe it's God saying, you know what? I got you. I'm watching out for you. I'm always present. I'm always looking out over you. I will make myself known to you. And we just choose to ignore those things. And I think a lot of times in choosing to ignore those things, we choose to ignore God reminding us, I'm with you. And because we choose to ignore those things, we choose to not be in joy. Because I'm going to tell you, I was a joyful dude when that guy came out and helped me put that trailer back on that hitch. Because I was getting ready to flag neighbors down and say, you're going to have to go around. This thing ain't moving. So you either help me or somebody helps me. Which brings me to my next point, which is that joy comes by abiding in him. Joy comes by abiding in him. In John 15, 9 through 11, it says, 
As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy may be full. You know, right before this, these couple of verses, you know what Jesus is talking about? He's talking about being the true vine. And that in order for us to bear fruit, hmm, we've got to be connected to the vine. Can I tell you, your connection to Jesus is important to your joy level. He's saying, abide in me as I have abided in the Father. And I've told you these things, abide in me so that your joy will be full and that my joy will remain in you. Part of the problem with that is a lot of you read the Gospels and you don't think Jesus is joyful. And that's really because you're not paying attention. Because Jesus (laughs) had a pretty awesome personality. And I see him set the disciples up a lot. And it's kind of humorous. Glenn and I have talked about this. About Jesus would just set the disciples up and they would stumble in it. And I know he had to be going, God, I'm good. (laughs) Right? But joy comes by abiding in him or keeping our focus on him. Realizing that Jesus is the source of our life. That's why he tells us to abide in the vine, be connected to the vine. See, one of the reasons so few people have joy is they've placed all their trust in themselves. And you know yourself. You miss that. See, one of the reasons people have so little joy is because they've placed all their trust in themselves, and you know yourself. You know how good you are at failing. You know how good you are at missing, messing up. You know how good you are at missing the mark. You know how unstable you are, how up and down you are, how one day, woohoo, and the next day, oh, no. And if all your trust is in that, it's in you, you're doomed. You may not think you're doomed, but I'm doomed. But see, when we get our trust off of ourselves and realize that we can trust him, wow, what joy in that. What joy in that when you when you come up against a situation that you don't know how to handle? And you know the one who knows how to handle it. Or life throws you a curveball. And you're like, how's this going to work out? Well, in you, it's not going to. But in him, it is. And when we know that he's there and he's with us and we're abiding in him. We know it's going to be okay. And when you know it's going to be okay, there's joy there. 
and really the easiest way to abide in him. You ready for this? It's going to blow your mind. This is rocket science. You've probably never heard this ever before in your life. Is abide in the word. Because that's where we encounter him every single time. Is abide in his word. In fact, Jesus told us in John 8 that if we would abide in his word, we would be his disciples. But more than that, that we would know the truth and the truth would bring freedom. Can I tell you, there's joy in freedom. There's joy in freedom. You know, some of you have been incarcerated in your life. Some of you haven't. But some of you who haven't need to be. I just snorted. And this is why you need to be. Because you would appreciate your freedom more. See, somebody who has lost their freedom, once they regain it, that freedom means a lot. And I think a lot of times we don't have joy because we forget the freedom that he's given us. You know what we've forgotten? We've forgotten the joy of our salvation. I don't know about you, but when I accepted Jesus... I needed him really bad. And that day was probably the best day of my life. Number two, marrying her. Number three, my children. But you know what? I didn't have freedom before Jesus. I was messed up. I was bound. But once I encountered Jesus, the freedom that came, am I the only one? And you know what happens? We forget the freedom that we experienced that day. I, I don't know why that is, but it seems like every person I know who's a follower of Jesus will tell me at some point in time, I, I feel like I lost what I had. But you didn't lose it, you just forgot it. You forgot it. You forgot the joy of entering into freedom, having those burdens taken off of you. You forgot those the freedom that you encountered, that, that, that sense of, my gosh, it's, I don't have to carry this anymore. That freedom. And the sixth point I want to give you this morning is this. Yes, there's been six points. And I'm only slightly over time. I'm impressed for myself, actually. <laughs> I was kind of panicking this morning. I'm like, holy moly, bud. Did you know you can ask for joy? You can ask for joy. David did in the 51st Psalm. This is what he said in Psalm 51, 12. He says, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. I love the way it, it reads in the Passion Translation. I have recently fallen in love with the Passion Translation, and I didn't even know it existed. And if you have a chance to read anything from the Passion Translation, it's amazing. Um, Bible Gateway has it. You can just go there and get it. It's amazing. But this is what it says. It says, let my passion for life be restored, tasting joy in every breakthrough you bring to me. Hold me close to you 
with a willing spirit that obeys whatever you say. I love it. We can ask for joy. We can ask for joy. We can ask the Father, Father, would you restore the joy to me? Would you restore the joy that I once knew? And you know what? He wouldn't allow us to see that it could be asked for if he wasn't willing to give it to us. That's not our Father. He wouldn't give it to us as one of the fruit of the Spirit if he didn't want us to have it. And I think for some of us, the thing that holds us out from joy is we just don't simply go, God, I'm not very joyful, but I just need a dose of your joy today. You know what? He's faithful. He's faithful. Can I tell you, I should have asked for it yesterday. My wife tried to get me to ask. I think she was asking on my behalf. Because I just wasn't joyful. I wasn't mad. I wasn't angry. I wasn't cranky. Just not as joyful as today. Right? She's making fun of me. We were getting ready today. Because the joy was kind of bubbling out. And maybe that's you. You need the, the joy to bubble out. Maybe you're in the midst of the Christmas season and what's supposed to be one of the happiest times of the year doesn't feel very happy. If that's you, I want you to know you can leave here today with joy. All you have to do is ask for it. You know, maybe you're here this morning and, and I talked about abiding in Jesus. Maybe you're not abiding in Jesus right now. Maybe you've decided that you can go it alone and yeah, you know he's there, but he's kind of on the side of things. Can I tell you that abiding in him, that joy will come flooding back. Or maybe you're here and you've never abided in Jesus. Can I tell you there's a joy that comes with salvation that is beyond anything that you can imagine. When you realize that he, he paid the price for your sin and your failure and the weight that you're carrying, you don't have to carry. That burden, you can be free of that. So this morning, this is what I want to do. Multifaceted altar call. First thing is, you're not abiding in Jesus and you know you're not abiding in Jesus and it's time to abide. Second thing is, you've never abided in Jesus. You've never asked Jesus to come into your life. You've never put your trust in him but you're tired of carrying the weight alone. We want to pray with you. But the third thing is this. You want to ask the Father for joy. You're like David, and you would say, God, re return the joy to me. I miss it. I miss the joy. I believe that you can have a joy encounter this morning. That you can leave this place lighter, more joyful, 
happier than you came in. So those three things. You know you haven't been abiding in him, but you realize today, you know what, I need to, I need to do that. I, I need to be more about abiding in him. I know that's why my joy is missing, is I haven't been abiding in him. I've been doing it all on my own. Second thing is, you know that you need Jesus, or maybe you need to come back to Jesus. You need to abide in him for the very first time. Or, and, the, and the third thing is, you just want to say, Father, I need the joy that you promised. As David called out to have his joy restored, I want my joy restored. Any of those three, I'm going to ask you right now, stand to your feet and come to the carpet. Thank you for your boldness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you're out there on our online campus this morning, same is true for you. You can respond to this call. Can I have some prayer partners come and stand with each of these? Now you stay. You came up, you receive, it's okay. Janet, will you come up? Terry, Melinda, Larry, Diane, Jackie, Glenn, can we just have somebody stand with each one of these? If you would like more information about Rivers Edge Church, please visit our website at visitriversedge.com or you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Thank you for listening.